tried to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. Crunch, crunch, crunch time plays. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, I always look for Crunch Time Plays. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. And got an exciting show today talking about the Kentucky and Georgia game, really a monumental game on Saturday in the SEC East. Excited to welcome Maggie Davis in from BBN tonight to talk about that. But first, got to give a shout-out to prizepicks.com. Going to be handing out our fantasy props for college football later in the week, so definitely excited about that. I'm sure a couple of those will probably come from this game we're about to talk about, Kentucky and Georgia, but they've got anything you want over there. They've got NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA is about to start back up. College basketball about to start back up, too, so they'll have all of that. And if you use the code Crunch Time Plays, you'll automatically get that $100 uh, match up to up to $100. So if you, you know, if you put in $100, you'll get that $100 back. So definitely uh, take advantage of that while you can. Make sure you use the code Crunch Time Plays. And, again, that's prizepicks.com. And we'll keep making the Crunch Time Plays together throughout the season. But very excited to welcome Maggie Davis in. Maggie, hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for taking time. Yes, thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. You're you're welcome. And and I know that everybody's excited around Lexington, especially like we were kind of talking about earlier, the first six and those starts since since 1950, a long time ago. I wasn't even thinking about being alive, you know, back then. But anyway, just a, just an exciting time, especially for football now that uh, so many fans of from Kentucky have relocated over to football and, and basketball's coming up too. So just a, just an exciting time around there these days. Yes, this is the best time of the year for college sports in general, but especially right now here in Lexington with everything that UK has going on, like you mentioned, first 6-0 start since before any of us were alive, since 1950. Um, and then like you mentioned as well, college basketball is right around the corner, which is a little surreal because I feel like I'm so locked into football right now that I cannot almost comprehend that basketball is about to start um, and that our lives are all about to get a lot busier. <laughs> um, but, you know. You're in Kentucky. I'm always looking forward to basketball season as well. It's just sort of an extra fun bonus that you also have a 6-0 football team to, to cover and, and for the fans, for them to cheer for. So it really is a fun time in Lexington right now, like you were mentioning. The, the atmosphere here, especially every Saturday, has been insane. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And I wanted to ask you, talking about this game uh, on Saturday, I did want to ask you from from an offensive standpoint, just from the first from the first six games that the Kentucky's played so far. Obviously, offensively, they brought in Liam Cohen from the from the NFL to run the offense, but really adding some key players from the from the transfer portal. Everybody knows about Chris Rodriguez at running back, but Will Levis, the quarterback, and Wandell Robinson, who's really the the straw that's stirring the drink right now for the offense. Just it seems like Mark Stoops was able to put all the pieces together offensively through the transfer portal and then the offensive coordinator hired just it seems like everything's coming together, especially through the first six games with how uh, really nice and, and complimentary the offense has played so far. 
Yes, and I think that was really the big question mark heading into this season. It was such a big storyline that, you know, Kentucky went out there and, and changed it up uh, in terms of in the transfer portal and then getting a new offensive coordinator, bringing in somebody that, you know, here in Kentucky, we didn't even know a whole lot about. It wasn't somebody from the SEC. It wasn't a guy who had already been on Mark Stoops' staff before. It was the quarterback coach from the Rams. And it's like, okay, it's, it's cool that he wants to bring in a little bit, you know, pro-style offense and, and see how that works here. But is that going to work here? And then – you know, you know what we're getting from Chris Rodriguez. He's a guy I've covered for the last couple of seasons. You know what kind of running back he is. You know he's going to be productive for you. But then to add in a brand new quarterback, and then like you mentioned, Wondell Robinson out of the transfer portal, who is from right here in Kentucky. So people watched him so much in high school, and then were heartbroken when he originally went to Nebraska, um, and then obviously thrilled when he decided to come back. But again, you have just have so many pieces that you don't know how they're going to work together. And even though the Cats are 6-0, and it wasn't an immediate click. Um, I, I'm still – I think LSU was was the most complete game Kentucky's played offensively by a mile this season, and I think that's what gives them a little bit of confidence heading into this Georgia game because up until this point, you could tell that, that they were communicating well and that, that they had the, the right idea, but there was just sometimes that there was some miscommunication. There were some things that they were trying out that just didn't work, and it was trying to really figure out how Kentucky football can add in a sufficient passing game because it's not something we've seen here in the last couple of years. So trying to figure out how to still let Chris Rodriguez do his thing and be who he is on the ground and then adding in this extra element all under a brand new offensive coordinator. So it's been really interesting to see it all sort of come together like we're seeing right now. Yeah, that's definitely true. And you bring up some great points. And and I did want to ask you about kind of some keys to the game offensively for Kentucky before we move over to the defensive side. But obviously everybody knows about about Georgia's front, everybody knows about Jordan Davis going to be going to be a first round pick. Could could no, he's just just an unbelievable force uh, at mm-hmm. defensive tackle for them. It's, but their whole their whole defense is really rounded into form this year, and their offense. I know we'll get to them in a few minutes. They've kind of taken on the identity of the defense a little bit. But but just what are some of the keys uh, to the game for Kentucky? I know everybody's going to want to mention, you know, can you run the football against against that Georgia front? But but to me, you just have to you just have to be able to run it effectively enough just to stay out of those third and eight, third and nine situations for mm-hmm. Will Levis where Georgia can really pin their ears back and come after him. You just have to keep them just keep them off balance in that way. Just kind of stay ahead of the chains on first and second down. But so that is really the the key for me. But but what do you see as as some of the the things that Kentucky really needs to do on Saturday to to have a chance to win this football game? I think a big part of this game, at least offensively, is going to come down to Kentucky's offensive line. You mentioned Jordan Davis. I mean, he is a monster at nose guard, and so he's going to be going up against Kentucky's center. That's Luke Fortner. So he's a fifth or sixth-year senior. He's been around the program for years. Everybody always makes jokes about how Luke Fortner is like the grandpa of the team here in Lexington. It's like, this running joke that Luke Fortner is the old man. I mean, I'm pretty sure Luke and I are the same age, um, and I've been out of school for two years. So <laughs> he's been around a little bit. Um, so he has so much experience, but this is actually his first year playing center. Um, so we've seen, you know, not really growing pains. It's been actually really impressive to see how quickly he's adapted to that new position, sort of sliding down uh, the O-line a little bit. But I think this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, to go up against a guy who is obviously going to be an NFL player one day and for Luke Fortner to show up and, and show how he can compete against a player of that caliber. We've seen him do it the last couple of weeks against Florida and LSU, and he's performed really well. And, and Kentucky being able to really start 
that attack in the trenches has always been their strong suit, at least under Mark Stoops. So I think that's going to be another big key to this game. Obviously, Georgia's defensive line is insane all across the board. Even if any guys are injured, it's like, well, their reserves are insane as well. Um, so Kentucky's just is a physical team. I know Kirby Smart's talked about that a lot this week. So you're going to be looking to see a lot of physicality down there on, on both sides of that line. And I think, you know, you mentioned you, you have to give them some room to run the ball. And I think Chris Rodriguez specifically is the kind of running back who does his best work after that initial tackle. His yards after contact are almost as far as his yards before contact in most games. That's where he really thrives. He's such a bruiser. He, he can He's good at letting those defenders hang on him and keep it moving. Um, and so I think if, if he can sort of get through that first line, if Kentucky's offensive line can give him enough room to get through that defensive line and get just a little bit of space, just enough, he's going to be able to sort of fight him his way to some extra yards. That's what we've seen him do here for years. Um, and I think that will be a pretty big key to the game is just seeing how those two line up right there in the trenches and how much space they can give Chris Rodriguez to do what he does. And then obviously the more he does, the more opportunities start to open up for Wondell Robinson down the field. And, and you got to keep them honest, keep the Georgia defense on their toes, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, I think that's going to be the best way to do it. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it seems like that they're definitely doing a really great job of moving Wondell Robinson around, obviously, whenever mm-hmm. – whenever you play him at a certain spot for, for a couple games, obviously that film is going to be out on you. I know Georgia's defensive staff is very good. It's going to be paying attention to that uh, this week. But the, the fact that they are able to to move him around so well, he's able to to get the ball in, in so many different ways. It's definitely mm-hmm. optimistic that even against that Georgia defense, he's Coach Cohen and Will Levis are still going to try to find a way to to get him the ball on Saturday. Right, and you have to because he's the most explosive player that you have on your side of the ball by far, by a mile. Obviously, Chris Rodriguez is, is a different level of explosive. It's you know he can he can do a lot of good things for you, but to see Wandell and what he can do in terms of just changing the dynamic of the game by running forty yards down the field and making an insane catch. I mean, Kentucky hasn't had a guy to do that in the last couple of years, maybe longer than that. So you know that you have him on the roster. Georgia's defense obviously going to be all over him, especially because Kentucky's second option at wide receiver, Josh Ali, uh, has been out. He was out last week. Seems like most likely he'll be out this week. Um, and obviously that hurts Kentucky just not having that second option. But it hurts Wondell because it's easier to get him double teams now without having that really strong second guy. And instead you're going to have to see some younger guys step up a little bit or get the running backs involved out of the backfield or throw to the tight ends a little bit more. That's really what we saw out of them against LSU last weekend. So it'll be interesting to see sort of how they balance Wondell snaps and how many targets and catches he's getting versus how much he's being targeted by the defense um, and how he's able, even able to get open, especially when he's always going to be their number one target on the field. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I'm sure the, I'm sure the, I'm sure the school of thought uh, for Georgia defensively during this game is going to be to, to kind of stack the boss and not let Chris Rodriguez beat them. They want to make, obviously want to make Will Levis beat them. And he's shown the ability to be able to throw the ball down the field very well, especially like we were referencing last week in that LSU game. See, the op, that was really the first time that the offense really seemed like it came together fully. I know the, the question on, on a lot of people's minds is going to be, if Kentucky does have to get into those third and eight, third and nine situations, is Will Levis capable of 
of making those throws against Georgia to have a chance to, to really open up that run game a little bit more to make them, make them respect that passing game a little bit more. Yeah. And that's the question, you know, we, we've seen Will Levis now in six total games under, under Liam Cohen and in a Kentucky uniform. So you think, you know what you're getting. Um, but his, his game against LSU was definitely his strongest outing of the season. So I think that definitely helps him just mentally. He actually talked, Oh, what day is it? He talked yesterday um, to the media about how he just sort of needed to slow down a little bit. Like when he's in practice, he's a different player than when he's in a game. I think that can be said for a lot of players. Um, but for a guy like Will Levis, who's really in his first year as a college football starter, now he's in the SEC, he's in this brand new system. It's exciting. And Kentucky had these two huge home games back to back in front of a sold out crowd, uh, being the, the Florida game and the LSU game. And he, it's just a little easy, he was saying, to, to speed up too fast. And, and that's when you make poor decisions and that's when you misread progressions and and that's when you get in trouble. So when him he was talking, Liam, Liam Cohen was talking about this, being a quarterback, especially in this league and at this level, is all about getting in a good rhythm. And it's a little bit like a dance, okay? You can't get ahead of the beat. You have to take a minute, slow down, slow down your mind, slow down your feet. And then obviously that comes with trusting your offensive line to give you a little bit of time to do that. Yeah, Kentucky's offensive line's definitely been been very good. You have to think they're going to be able to to hold up uh, in pass protection. But kind of switching over to to the defensive side of the ball now, some keys for for Kentucky. Obviously, they want to they want to stop the run. You know, Jacquez Jones, the linebacker for transfer from Ole Miss, he's played very well through the first six games, and and squares playing well. A lot of a lot of guys on that Kentucky defense are playing really well. And obviously, you want to be able to to stop the run because we've seen from from Stetson Bennett, I think he's going to be playing on Saturday. We've seen from him that he can get a little bit loose with the football if he has to put it up in the air. You know, if he has to put it up in the air 25, 30 times during the game, he definitely has the ability to to be able to turn the ball over. So Kentucky, it really comes down to stopping the run, the defensive line, and and the linebackers coming up to make those tackles on on all those running backs that Georgia has. Certainly got a good stable of them. Definitely. And I, I know you brought up DeAndre Square there. I have to give him a shout out. He had an unbelievable game, really the last two games, uh, but against LSU specifically, he had a strip sack in the first quarter that really set the tone for Kentucky the entire game. I mean, getting that momentum early was huge uh, on LSU's very first drive of the game to, to have a strip sack, get the ball back through your team that quickly. It was just huge for momentum. And, and he's a, really a game changing player. I think we'll, we'll need to see a good game out of DeAndre Square. Um, that's for sure. Same thing can be said about Jacquez Jones, Ole Miss transfer, going back to the sort of transfer portal conversation we were having. He's another guy who, you know, you never know how players are going to fit together, but he's done really well under UK's defensive coordinator, Brad White, and getting in that scheme and being disruptive. Um, so I think that's, you know, those are two linebackers I think you definitely need to keep an eye on. But when it comes to Kentucky's defensive line, it, it's going to look a little bit different this week. Nose guard Marquand McCall is out. Uh, we don't know for how long, but I would say – at least this week. The bye, Kentucky is a bye week the following week. So um gonna have to, you know, bring up some younger guys there. And it, it actually is a one pos- one position where Kentucky has five star recruit and a four star recruit that are ready to go. They're just young and don't have a lot of game reps and you're throwing them in literally to the dogs. <laughs> so uh we have to see how they handle that pressure. They they did against LSU very well. So we'll see if they can repeat that. And then Octavius Oxendine uh, was playing really good snaps. Uh, over at defensive tackle, and uh, he unfortunately is also now out for the season. He got hurt uh, second half sometime against LSU and, and did not return. So 
again, it's it's going to, you know, there's some seniors who could play there. They could rearrange a little bit. They could bring some younger guys up. But either way, you're playing guys at positions where they don't have a lot of snaps. They don't have a lot of experience. And you have to see how they're going to stack up against the best team in the country is, is a pretty big ask of some, of some guys who didn't play that way against some of the worst teams in the country earlier in the season. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely true. And one of the one of the metrics I know everybody looks at these days, especially in this this age of of offenses that we're in, is is how the ability for you to be able to get off the field on third down. And Kentucky hadn't really done a great job of that, averaging over forty percent allowing on third downs. One of the one of the bottom of the league. So you have to think that that's going to be a, a emphasis for for Kentucky on Saturday is to be able to get off the field on those third downs. It's what it what are the some of the keys to to be able to to doing that? Obviously, it comes down to to stopping the run first of all. You don't want Georgia to get ahead of the change. You don't want them to be in those third and three, third and four situations to be able to convert easily. But if they are able to get now Stetson Bennett in those third and eight, third and nine, you got to feel good. Even with those couple of linemen out, you still have to feel pretty good that you're going to be able to to get a little bit of rush on him at least. Yeah, that's the goal. That's really where Kentucky's defense struggled early in the season. They just could not get to the quarterback. And we've seen a lot of improvement there in the last couple of weeks. J.J. Weaver, we've seen become a real threat on the defensive side of the ball in terms of getting to the quarterback, whether that's a hurry, whether that's a sack, whether that's just applying pressure back there. That's going to be huge. And same thing can be said to Josh Pascal, who is really the leader of this defense, really of the entire team. He's a guy everyone gravitates toward, and, and he's been a great leader on this team for years. Uh, the only Wildcat to ever be team captain three years in a row. Uh, so that's pretty crazy to be a team captain for three straight years. Uh, you've earned the respect of your teammates. So he uh, has been killing it the last two games against two pretty good SEC teams. And it'll be really interesting to see how he stacks up against Georgia. Uh, like I was talking about at the beginning, you know, Luke Fortner is playing a sort of a new role on the offensive line. This is his chance to show up in front of everybody watching this game, um, you know, College Game Day is going to be there. SEC Nation is going to be there. Our show, BBN Tonight and BBN Game Day is going to be there, obviously. That's on the same level as those other two, obviously. Um, but it's a big game, and everybody's going to have their eyes on it. And so for Josh Pascal, that's another guy who's looking to have a pretty big game if he wants to hear his name called uh, come NFL draft time. And obviously he does. And I think, you know, big game this weekend would do a lot for him in this regard. So keep your eyes on number four. <laughs> Well, the eyes of the country are certainly going to be on Athens, Georgia on Saturday, especially since Georgia has moved up to number one this week. Kentucky's sitting at number 11 right now uh, in the AP. Obviously, everybody was a little bit surprised about the line whenever it first came out and that Georgia was minus 24 on Sunday. It's kind of worked its way down a little bit, I think, to minus 22 and a half, 23, something like that. But to me, I'm kind of expecting Kentucky to be able to to cover that, to cover that spread, it seems like it's not a game that Georgia is going to be able to to run away and hide like they did uh, against Arkansas early. It seems like Kentucky is is probably going to be more well equipped to be able to handle that, especially with, with watching that film and seeing how Arkansas was playing uh, Georgia in that game. But but what kind of game are, are you expecting on Saturday? This is the last question that I have for you. Just do you think that Kentucky uh, covers the spread, and and do you think the they obviously have a puncher's chance to win, uh, especially if you can win the turnover battle, have a, a play on special teams, something like that. So definitely not going to want to count Kentucky out of this game. But it definitely seems like it's a game that they can at least cover the the minus 23 spread. 
Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. The 23 really did surprise me. Um, I don't, I mean, I get it. They're the number one team in the country. Um, but I think so much of that, I mean, when you look at Georgia and Kentucky on paper, these are two programs that are defensive minded first. They have defensive minded head coaches, the main sort of parts, elements, whatever you want to say of these, of these two teams and, and what they really rely on on these rosters are their defense, their offensive line and their running backs. And so I think you really look at at how these things stack up against each other. And yeah, Georgia's the favorite. They're the number one team in the country. There's no way to sugarcoat it. They're insanely talented. They're insanely deep. They have a lot of NFL players on this team. But then you look at what Kentucky has already shown this season. Anything can happen when you go on that football field. I'm not saying that I would I would pick Kentucky to win this game. But crazier things have happened, especially when you think about, okay, these two teams are going to be coming out pretty hard on defense. And a 23-point spread is surprising to me because that's assuming that Kentucky's defense is letting Georgia score a lot of points. And when both of these teams have strengths in their defense, I just don't really see that happening. Uh, so like you said, I, I do like Kentucky to cover it, if nothing else. And then like you said, a big fight on special teams. We saw that in Kentucky's game against Florida. I mean, a blocked field or a block kick into a touchdown for a freshman linebacker ran that in, by the way, which is insane. Um, and just sort of fluky plays like that of players making big time plays in those moments that matter the most. That's what this game could come down to if Kentucky competes really well throughout the first, you know, three quarters, I would say. And then anything, if you get to that fourth quarter and you're a touchdown away, anything can happen at that point, especially like you mentioned, turnover battle, fluky special teams play. All of that is not out of the question, especially with this Kentucky team that has always felt like an underdog. And you almost worry a little bit when they start to not be an underdog anymore. Like, are they still going to have that same chip on their shoulder? Are they still going to come out with something to prove now that they're ranked, now that they're 6-0, and now that they've beat Florida and Georgia and Missouri pretty handedly? And then you remember, hey, they're playing the number one team in the country on the road in front of, you know, I don't know if it's a sellout, but there's going to be a lot of Georgia fans there. And all this SEC in Asia and ESPN coverage, everything that's going on, they're still going into this game as an underdog, clearly, based on the point spread and everything else we've talked about tonight. So I like Kentucky's mentality going into this game, and I think that's what's going to set them up to be in the right position for if any of those fluky things, like you said, do come to fruition. That's definitely true, and certainly looking forward to to watching the game on Saturday. I know, know you, everybody's going to have it. Everybody's going to have it covered on Saturday. So it's been been awesome having you on the show to talk about it. But but tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Tell everybody where they can find uh, your work at BBN tonight because all all the staff over there, you guys do do an incredible job. Certainly enjoy certainly enjoy watching it whenever I can. And and uh, really appreciate you taking the time today, Maggie. And hope to have you on back again soon. Well, thank you. Yes, this is fun. I'll, I'll run through some of my uh, shameless plugs real quick. So it's at uh, Maggie Davis TV. It's the same on everything. That's what I am on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, I try to put up different things on those because I'm like, if you follow me on one, you follow me on all of them. And I'll try not to make you bored <laughs> with the same stuff all over the place. But uh, yeah, it's at Maggie Davis TV on every platform except for TikTok. I'm too old for that. So I don't do that yet, but maybe one day. Um, and then, I, like you mentioned, I work for a TV show called BBN Tonight. We are the official show of UK Athletics here in Lexington. So we have a ton of access. We get a lot of great content that you can really only get on our show, one-on-ones with head coaches, coordinators, players, all that sort of stuff. And like we talked about at the beginning, this is a fun time of the year uh, for all college football fans. So whether you're a UK fan listening or an SEC fan or just a college sports fan in general, Kentucky 
it's the time of the year to start paying attention to the Wildcats when they're 6-0 in football and basketball season's right around the corner. So give us a follow as well. That's at BBN Tonight across all your favorite social media platforms. And then head to uh, bbntonight.com to check out all of our content. We have all of our interviews, full episodes, everything you might need to know about the Wildcats. That's the best place to get it. No doubt. And Maggie, hope you stay safe and well. It's been awesome having you. And uh, let's do it. Let's do it again real soon. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your night. Uh, you're welcome. And thanks so much to Maggie for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.